How's it going, Jets fans? My name is Alex with my co-host here, Ryan Moran, just a couple of days away from training camp. I am so freaking excited for this Jets team to see what they've got, see these rookies um, and Jermaine Johnson and obviously the growth of Zach Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Carl Lawson making a comeback. We've been kind of picking every little bit of news to get you guys and ideas and thoughts and trades. But now we can finally start to take a look at some really great uh, aspects of this team um, and what maybe could lead to a playoff appearance. What would it take? You got a really tough division. Um, it's not going to be easy. You know, the Patriots are always tough for some reason. Even after Tom Brady's gone, you got Miami with uh, Tyreek Hill and, you know, Tua, the most accurate, accurate quarterback in the league, according to Tyreek Hill. I don't know how much I believe that. Uh, guy can't throw the deep ball. But, you know, I think that it should be a pretty interesting division. You know, Miami's going to be good. Solid defensive pieces. They got a good, really good receiving core, Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki as well. Um, then you look over, of course, to the Buffalo Bills, who are in a prime shape to win a Super Bowl this year with Von Miller joining their defensive line. So it's exciting. You know, the Jets have a lot of stuff that are, are looking up, a lot of positives. We want to talk about five catalysts today uh, for the Jets to make the playoffs, to make the postseason. And what would it, what really would it take for them to do this? There's some obvious ones, some specific players you want to hit on. Before we do so, Ryan, how do you do that, my friend? I'm doing good, Alex. Obviously, with the start of camp looming here, we're all getting excited and just looking forward to seeing this new look team out there on the practice field in Florham Park, New Jersey. And there's definitely, you know, I think in a lot of Jets fans' minds, the best case scenario for this season would be a playoff appearance. And I think it's the dream, you know, for all of us really to see this team. You know, we're expecting growth, but even at a faster rate than we're anticipating, I think would you know, really go a long way and generate a ton of excitement. So, you know, this team obviously added a lot of new pieces this offseason. And I think you're looking at even some returning players who obviously are going to be catalysts to this team, you know, if they're going to make the playoffs and things are going to go well. And like you said, in this competitive division, you know, you're going to need these prime free agent signings and draft picks to really, you know, accentuate and, you know, really make this thing materialize fast. Absolutely. Now, the first catalyst, I think everyone's going to agree with this one, is Zach Wilson, right? The growth of Zach Wilson, what can he do? What can he accomplish? We know he added 10 pounds of muscle mass. We know he's trying to get kind of that better foundation, um, his throwing form, trying to put more weight behind it, not trying to sidearm all these throws and be inaccurate and skip them off the turf on screen passes. There's a lot Zach Wilson needs to improve upon, but we've seen flashes of brilliance from him, right? Pointing Corey Davis downfield, throwing dimes on the run, being able to do things creatively on the go when the play is broken down that is a sign of a potential elite quarterback right when you can do something make positive play when everything says it should be a negative play there's pass rushes on your back you know there's nobody open can you find a way to get a couple yards can you break a couple tackles can you get that that ball into the tightest of windows these are all things that we saw Zach Wilson do while it was erratic while it was inconsistent we've seen him do them and I think that's a lot more than you can say for most quarterbacks. You know, look at Daniel Jones for the Giants. I don't think I've ever seen him make a throw on the run in a creative in a creative way where the play is broken down and he needs to do something. Yes, he'll take off running, but it was only really when it was designed. Zach Wilson can do it on the go. He can do the Aaron Rodgers. He can do the Russell Wilson. He can do uh, the Patrick Mahomes, the sidearms, the angles. He can do all of that stuff. Now it's about making him a good pocket passer, so that way he doesn't make mistakes when he doesn't when he shouldn't be making mistakes. Right when it comes to being a great quarterback. You have to be perfect when everything around you is is executing efficiently. When everybody is executing and doing their job, you can't be the one that makes the mistake, right? You have to be able to do your job and, and get it done when you're supposed to. Um, now, when things break down, that's when there's a little bit of leeway. Of course, you're going to make some mistakes. Of course, you're going to throw an interception every now and now. And of course, 
things are just not going to go your way. But if you can make the plays even 60, 70, 50% of the time, you're way above everybody else. I think Zach Wilson is capable of that. If he takes that big step forward, if he can put on the field every single game, what we saw in flashes and bunches toward the end of the season in 2021, we're going to see this team win a lot more games than we expect, Ryan. So what is your expectation for Zach Wilson? What does he have to do to really put this team in a spot where maybe playoffs are a possibility? For sure. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that Zach is really the main catalyst that the Jets are going to make the playoffs in 2022. I think to start, you just look at the experience he gained last year. Being in the same offense from rookie year to second year, I think is crucial. You know, just the familiarity with Michael Floor, the verbiage, the scheme, you know, understanding the play calls. I mean, you know, he's going to be much further along in his confidence at this time in comparison to last year. Then you look at, you know, being in year two with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Michael Carter, some of these guys up front, Elijah Barrett Tucker, Connor McGovern, George Fant. So there's definitely some continuity. And then you factor in the new faces with Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, the tight ends, Lakin Tomlinson, and a healthy Mekhi Becton, who obviously we're going to touch up on here later. I mean, the, the situation around Zach is good. And then you factor in, like you said, what he was able to show at the end of last year, the Buccaneer game, obviously early in the year against the Panthers and the Titans. And you look at a couple of those games there in November, December, you know, the, the Eagle game, the Dolphin game, some of the flashes he was able to show taking care of the football. And like you said, you know, he has the arm talent, you know, he has the athletic ability to generate big plays for this offense when things break down and get out of structure. But when he needs to play within structure, which is obviously what Michael Ford has spoken on, you know, just playing within the offense, which I think Zach's really showed some growth at the end of his rookie year. That to me is going to be the main thing, just going through his progressions. You know, he, he can deliver the ball with accuracy. He's got arm strength, can make plays in and out of the pocket. I just think it comes down to, you know, owning, uh, taking more ownership of the offense and just playing within it. Absolutely. And Mike LaFleur is going to put him in the spot to succeed. It's just about execution from everybody. And now you have a really good offensive line. Um, at least on paper, some really good pieces there to work with. You know, there are some guys who we aren't sure exactly what the role is going to be yet. Before we dive into those specifically, the second catalyst, in my opinion, um, you may have a differing opinion on, than me, but I think it's the secondary. You know, I think it's DJ Reed. I think it's Jordan Whitehead. And I think it's Sauce Gardner. I think it's Michael, Michael Carter the second. This is a passing league, right? Um, like I'll tell you what, like Wink Martindale said a couple other days, for the, a couple days ago for the Giants defense that, you know, the best way to kind of, be a great defense is to make an opposing offense one dimensional. Essentially, if you can take away the running game, you can force them to pass the, to, to pass the ball and they're going to be passing it anyway. But if you can make them one dimensional, you know what they're doing, you know, what's going to come, you know, what you, you can expect. Um, you know, it's not going to be a lot of play action. It's not going to be a lot of running the ball. You know, they're going to have to throw it and that's where you're going to make mistakes because they're going to try to force it into windows and they're going to be trying to manufacture things where maybe there isn't any production there to be had. Um, but I think the secondary is essential for this Jets team. Last year, they had Brandon Eccles. They had a lot of young pieces on this defense. And now you've got three established players, or at least Sauce Gardner um, was established in Cincinnati at the collegiate level, but um, has a lot of great tangible traits. He's long, he's lanky, he's quick, he's fast, he's aggressive, he's charismatic. Um, he has everything you want in a star corner at the next level. He kind of gives me like early Jalen Ramsey vibes in the way that he carries himself, uh, which is obviously probably any Jets fan loves to hear. Um, but I think that DJ Reed is a good, nice veteran coming from Seattle, really, really talented player. He can hold it down. He can be your CB1 this year until Sauce Gardner is ready to take over that CB1 role. And then you have Jordan Whitehead, who's essentially on a one-year deal with an out after the first year, who um, was very solid for Tampa Bay. You can do He can do a lot of things. Then you have some really good players like Jason Pinnock, 
Um, and then you have, uh, you know, Jamie and Sherwood, a linebacker. There's some really good guys there that I think could be, they have CJ Mosley, for goodness sake, who's one, who was used to be one of the best coverage linebackers in football. So a lot of good pieces in that secondary. Michael Carter, the second, um, is going to be a really interesting one to look at because, you know, had some really good games at the slot nickel position last year. Um, but still a very unproven player, you know, fifth round pick, not expecting a lot from him, but if you can play above expectations, then you're looking at a absolute steal of a draft value in terms of, uh, where you're, where they drafted him last season. Um, so, you know, what is your perspective on the secondary? What are your expectations from some of these guys? They're all essentially new except for Carter, who's still like only a sophomore in the league. So they don't have anyone that's been there. They don't have an, uh, a Cromarty. They don't have a Revis. Um, they don't have a Marcus May who's been there for three, four years. Like this is a very new bunch of guys. What are you expecting from them in year one as they're kind of developing this chemistry with one another? For sure. So I think you look at the fact that DJ Reed was the second biggest free agent contract they gave out and with tons of needs elsewhere, you know, they went with sauce Gardner with their top draft pick. They've really indicated that they want to make corner, you know, a really important position. And to me, these guys got to make an immediate impact. If the jets are going to make the playoffs, I think you look at sauce, you know, what, what can his rookie year really look like? You try and get an outline and you look at some guys in recent memory, you know, obviously last year with Patrick Sertain, for example, you know, a guy who had 14 passes defended four interceptions, you know, if sauce can give that type of production early, I think that's really ideal. You know, you look at DJ Reed and the fact that his uh, PD amount really uh, accentuated from year two to three. And then last year, you know, it, it continued to grow and he's still 25 years old. So if he shows growth in that regard, Look, you're adding two difference makers on the outside. And like you said, Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles did a nice job last year for young and experienced players, day three draft picks. But you got real two, really two difference makers now. And that should help someone like Michael Carter, the second in the slot. You know, a guy who is pretty complete, whether it be in coverage, he's got speed, can play the run, can get after the quarterback. You know, he, I think with him, you know, and that was the main issue with the Jets defensive backfield last year was just the lack of turnovers. And I think. That for MC2 is really going to be, you know, the, the next step in his growth. And like you said, Jordan Whitehead to me was a guy I wanted all along. The attitude, the physical nature, um, just the tenacity that's really needed in the box to slow down the run, you know, generate some pressure on the quarterback. And to me, like I said, you, you invest all that they did into Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. This group has really got to, you know, it, it's got to pay off early here if the Jets going to be a playoff team. That's the fact, you know, they got to start strong. There is no cushion, you know, in the NFL. Like if you lose the first three, four games, you're playing catch up the rest of the year. So like you have to win early and often and you got to set the tone and really uh, put together those winning games. Cause like when you lost three or four games, it is hard to get that confidence back and, and start to win them in streaks and bunches. Um, so I do agree with you there. Now the third catalyst in my opinion is the offensive tackles, right? Offensive tackle for any team. If you're a fan of any team and you've seen bad offensive tackle play, you know how devastating that can be. Now, that is why Russell Wilson wanted out of Seattle because they could never get this man good tackles. They had an awful offensive line. It was a disaster. Look at Joey Burrow. I mean, he was running for his life the entire playoffs. The fact that he managed to do what he did is mesmerizing. But, you know, if you give a good, give him a good offensive line, which they did, they, they really rebooted that stuff, uh, that line for him, he's going to be absolutely unbelievable. And I think Zach Wilson... Uh, he was not used to having such bad offensive line play as a rookie. You know, he came into the league. He could sit back there at BYU, have a beer, hang out, uh, smoke a cigar, and then throw the ball 45 seconds later, and there'd be a guy down there with nobody around. Like, that's what he figured out really quickly in the NFL. The time that you have in the pocket is cut into like a quarter of what you have at the collegiate level. So, you know, he that, that hit him hard. And he got injured because of it. He was running for his life. He did not know how to manage the pressure. He did not know to just – 
you know, take a sack, just throw the ball away, get rid of it. He was taking too many hits. Like uh, he learned a very valuable lesson early in his career. And I think it's going to be end up becoming super, super valuable for him down the road. Um, but now you have George Fonts, who really was solid the second half of the season. He was pretty reliable. He had some good chemistry with Zach Wilson. That's a huge variable for me in that left tackle battle. And that's and essentially why I think uh, George Font Fant rather is going to win that left tackle position. Now I think Makai Becton will end up becoming the starting right tackle because he's still on the physically unable to perform list. There's a lot of things he still needs to correct in terms of weight, getting back into the game. He hasn't played in like a year, so there's a lot left for for Becton to really improve upon until I can uh, rely on him as a left tackle. So I think he gets that right tackle spot. I think that Fant gets the left tackle spot, and those are two solid players with very high upside. Um, who can really lock it down. But their play is essential to Zach Wilson having a great season. So I think that aside from the secondary and just really, you know, trying to mitigate uh, explosive offenses in the in the AFC East, you know, you got to focus in on the offensive tackles and protecting Zach Wilson as a third catalyst. What do you think about that? For sure. I, I think Mekhi Becton is arguably the biggest X factor for the 2022 New York Jets. I mean, if this guy can get back to what he did his rookie year, you're adding a game-changing type of talent. And a guy that's going to make – a substantial impact on the line of scrimmage in the trenches. He's in the running game, going to be physical. He's going to be dominant. He's going to make his presence felt. And to me, like you said, it's for Zach Wilson to take that growth, you know, that step in his growth in year two. I mean, you need the best passable uh, passing protection you can get. And, you know, Fant obviously last year was a career year. You know, he, he was good in 2020, really broke out last year and was the Jets best player. You know, I think for him to, continue to just prove himself in that sense, you know, as a pass blocker and only gave up one sack, which was late last season. I think, you know, for him to continue to grow, you know, with continuity in the system, you know, just hopefully both of these guys get back healthy soon. You know, they're both coming off surgery and, you know, like you said, starting on phys- physically unable to perform. So, you know, to, to get a healthy Beckton back, like he played in 2020 to me, that, that after Zach Wilson is the second base X factor, you know, if the Jets are going to make a big run in 2022. Absolutely. So, you know, there's two catalysts left and, you know, I think these could be interchangeable because the focus obviously is secondary tackle Zach Wilson. Um, so I think that honestly, my fourth biggest catalyst for the Jets to make a, a playoff appearance is the running game. I think the running game has to be very strong for the Jets because ultimately, um, you know, that ability to control the clock using the running game and not only do you can, does it help you control the clock, but it also sets you up in the passing game. The play action becomes so much more uh, lethal and, and, and effective. And Brees Hall and Michael Carter are two extremely talented backs. You know, you have some great interior linemen now uh, with Lake and Tomlinson, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Connor McGovern played a lot better last year. I think that Brees Hall is going to be an absolute stud. If I'm an, if you're playing fantasy football, stash him on your bench for later in the season. If, if Michael Carter ends up being like, I don't want to say phased out, but turns into this Naheem Hines kind of role, and you have like the Brees Halls or Jonathan Taylor, not saying they're going to be either of those guys, but um, you know, just the way they use them, I think that Brees Hall could be very valuable. And I think he's going to be a very solid player. He's a high workhorse, like a high workload type of player. He can grind out yards. He can, he can push the pile. He's fast. He has a lot, a lot of speed. That's kind of underrated there. Very quick. He can catch the ball extremely well. Then you have Michael Carter, who's very shifty. He's agile. He can run the, run the ball uh, just as effectively. Um, really proved his worth last year before kind of a couple injury concerns, but otherwise was extremely, extremely valuable to that Jets offense. What are your thoughts about the running game? And do you think maybe another, maybe another position or player uh, should be in that four spot? I agree with you. I mean, the Jets offense and Michael Ford's system 
at large is predicated on running the football and to really get this offense to click and to boom at the level we wanted to for the Jets to be a playoff team. You've got to establish the ground game to set up play action for Zach Wilson to take those deep shots down the field to Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, get the ball to all these playmakers in space. And look, you invest like they did into Brees Hall when you already had Michael Carter and you know what Carter showed you last year. Hall adds that dimension with the speed, big play threat ability, his size. To me, you know, like you said, you, you added Lakin Tomlinson with Elijah Barrett Tucker and Connor McGovern. The physicality, the nastiness is there. And, you know, for Zach Wilson to really get easy opportunities in the passing game, it's going to come off play action. And, you know, for that to work, you obviously got to get an established ground game on first and second down. Absolutely. So the fifth one, I think, is a pretty clear cut. The fifth catalyst is definitely the pass rush, right? You're looking at Carl Lost, you're looking at Jermaine Johnson, you're looking at Huff and John Franklin Myers and Quinn and Williams, just littered with great talent, great names to work with. Robert Sala and Jeff Albrecht are going to have a field day uh, trying to figure out how to best utilize all this, all these guys. Like Carl Lawson is a stud, right? Like he obviously tore his Achilles last year, but came off a really good season with Cincinnati. He is powerful, low leverage, good bend. He's going to wreak havoc on opposing quarterbacks. And, you know, he looks really healthy. So I think that's a really great sign for the Jets moving forward. Um, and then you have Jermaine Johnson, who's immediately going to step in and be a quality edge rusher in terms of stopping the run. Um, he's going to seal the edge really well. He's very raw as a pass rusher, but he has a lot of good moves. Really underrated bend. He's fast. He's huge. He's a big guy. You know, there's a lot of stuff to like uh, with him as well. He could definitely have a very underrated season. He's 24 years old, so a little bit older for a rookie, but nonetheless, very talented. And I think that uh, they're going to get the most out of him as a rookie. And then you have, like, of course, John Flake Myers, really solid player. Um, and Quinn Williams, who's coming into a contract year before his, or rather just his uh, fourth year. And then you have the fifth year option next season. So um, he's trying to prove his worth and try to get that extension before the fifth year kicks in. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on this pass rush? I mean, they have a lot of upside. If they can stay healthy, I think a lot of people might be sleeping on them. For sure. I think just speaking on an individual level, after Zach Wilson and Mekhi Becton, I would say Carl Lawson and Quentin Williams are almost like tied for third, in my opinion. You know, you're talking about two guys who, one on the outside, one on the inside, obviously. You know, they've invested a ton into and both have the ability to take games over. I mean, you look at Carl Lawson in 2020, he had 64 pressures, an average of four a game. I mean, if he can give the Jets even 50 this year, that would be the most they've had in so long. And I think, you know, at his speed, at his power, his arsenal of pass rush moves and just his pedigree, his dominance, you know, as a speed rusher on the outside is something the Jets have lacked. And to get him back, you know, on the level he's capable of playing at, I think is huge for this team. If, you know, they're going to make a, you know, uh, growth in the win column. And I think with Quinnen, you know, going into year four, finally, you know, in a scheme that suits him best going into year two of it, healthy off season and the best surrounding talent he's had, Again, similar to Carl, he, he should have another 50 pressure season. And if those two guys can get an average of three a game, to me, it really goes a long way for the Jets. Absolutely. But guys, I'd love to hear perspectives below. What catalyst do you think it kind of, I guess, it's going to take for the Jets to make a postseason appearance? You know, what has to happen? What has to happen that's right? Um, there's a lot of stuff that has to come together, a lot of cylinders that need to be clicking for this Jets team to have a shot at the postseason, especially in a very competitive division with a lot of talented players and a lot of great coaches. Um, there are some people that would say Robert Sala is the worst coach in the league, but mainly because we just don't know what he is yet. I don't think that's true. I think that's absolute bullshit. I think that he's a very good coach that was in the first year of a rebuild last year with a rookie quarterback and a ton of injuries and no secondary. Um, this year, he's got to put together. They had an unbelievable drafts. Joe Douglas has gifted him a legit roster, like a roster that could be 
for the next four or five years, extremely good. If he can put it, pull it together, have good coaching, um, and really, you know, manage games correctly, good in-game management. I'd say that's even an honorable mention. Uh, good in-game management, you know, using the clock correctly, using your timeouts correctly, situational play calling. If Robert Sala can perfect those those metrics, those categories, this team could be solid. And I, I'm really excited to see it because the Jets, you know, I've been crappy for a long time and deserve some success. I know the fans are dying for it, and I, I'd like to see it too. So it should be fun, guys. Would love to hear perspectives below in the comments on YouTube. Make sure to like and subscribe as always, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Jets episode.